Have you ever felt stuck in your business, unable to reach your full potential? In this episode, I speak with renowned business coach, Nikki Ballou, who shares his secrets for igniting exponential growth. If you feel trapped in your comfort zone, unable to break through to the next level of success, this episode is for you. Nikki provides a simple yet powerful framework for discovering your ideal client, becoming a thought leader in your niche, and learning to serve rather than sell. Are you ready to break free from stagnation and step into your destiny? Listen now to this life-changing conversation and get the tools you need to make your biggest dreams a reality. Welcome to Pivoting Pharmacy with Nutrigenomics, part of the Pharmacy Podcast Network, a must-have resource for pharmacist entrepreneurs seeking to enhance patient care while enjoying career and life. Join us as we pivot into nutrigenomics using pharmacy and nutrition for true patient-focused care. Explore how to improve chronic conditions rather than just manage them. Celebrate entrepreneurial triumphs and receive priceless advice. Align your values with a career that profoundly impacts patients. Together, we'll raise the script on health and pivot into a brighter future. Hello, hello, and welcome to Pivoting Pharmacy with Nutrigenomics. I'm Dr. Lawful, Doctor of Pharmacy and Certified Nutritional Genomics Specialist. I'm so excited to share this episode with you all. We're going to be talking about some key strategies for building a thriving service-based business. If you are already an entrepreneur, I'm sure you know the challenges of attracting your ideal clients, getting clear on your niche and who you most want to help. Once you get this clarity, things can really start to turn around. As pharmacists starting a business, there is a huge learning curve. How do you position your services, connect with clients, and commit to your vision as an entrepreneur? In this episode, we'll be diving into five essential tips that can allow you to grow your business. I can't wait to unpack all of this with you today as we gain some business pearls from the incredible Nikki Ballou, who has built an empire by empowering people through his relentless drive to serve others. Over the years, Nikki discovered the secrets to success that he's now sharing so that others can also discover how to thrive. He is the author of three international best-selling books. In fact, his compelling words and transformative ideas have graced the New York Times bestseller list not once, but twice. This feat has further solidified Nikki as a powerhouse thought leader in his own right. Beyond his prolific writing and speaking career, he also pours his expertise into cultivating the skills and talents of service-based entrepreneurs like you. As the founder of eCircle Academy, he spearheads a mastermind and educational program that transforms coaches, consultants, corporate trainers, clinic owners, realtors, mortgage brokers into authorities in their respective niches. Above all, Nikki is a visionary behind the thought leader or heart leader, designation, a testament to his passion for leadership that moves and resonates. With Nikki's impressive background and dedicated service towards empowering others, we're in for a treat in this episode. Listen in. Nikki, welcome, welcome, welcome. You know, let's kick this off by diving into your story. What exciting journey led you to where you are now, impacting lives and transforming businesses along the way? First of all, thank you so much for having me on the show, and thank you so much for the question. It's an honor to be here. I'm actually originally an immigrant from the Middle East. I'm a Christian from Iran. When I was just a young boy, 11, the Islamic Revolution took place in Iran, and this upended our lives, you know. 
my late father, God rest his soul, he could see the writing on the wall. This wasn't going to be a place to raise a Christian family. So he made a plan. He got us out of Iran. And we settled where I now live in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. But I got to tell you, I was 11 at the time. I didn't want to leave my home. I didn't want to leave my friends. Mm. But looking back, it was the single greatest thing my dad could have done for us. He took us from a legacy of tyranny and he took us to a legacy of freedom. Mm. I've become such a champion for freedom. You know, people in North America take for granted some of the freedoms we have. Nobody's trying to pull you out of uh, your bed and throw you in jail because of uh, your beliefs, your ethnicity, your religion, or anything like that over here. Right. That's just not done by the government at this stage. And I think that uh, freedom is the most precious gift we have from God. We all need to cherish it. We all need to value it. If you want to be an entrepreneur, freedom, free expression, to freely be able to go choose what kind of business you want to do, to decide what to say no to and what to say yes to. I mean, those are precious and important things. And my yeah. dad, he was the greatest man I ever knew. He was a man that if you knew him when you were looking for work, he would sit you in his office, call all his buddies who own companies and browbeat them until one of them hired you. Like, that's how he wrote. <laughs> and he'd say, okay, you start this afternoon and you're like running the pharmacy for this dude who owns 10 pharmacies or whatever it was, right? <laughs> and if you were trying to start your own business, he'd sit with you and help you plan and get things going. And uh, he'd even bring you access to clients and capital. And if nice. you were trying to um, buy a car or a house and you didn't quite have enough money, the bank wouldn't give you that last little bit you needed. He would top you up with a loan that he never, ever let you pay back. Oh, wow. Is that real? Is that real? People say this to me all the time. Is that real? And I go like, yeah, it's real. He said, it sounds like a, like a, like a Hollywood movie, right? Like a Mr. Deeds goes to Washington kind of deal. And I'm like, no, man, this was a real human being. And they said, who does that? And I'd go, well, the late, great Napoleon Ballou, for one. And yeah, why would he do that? One is he was a devout Christian. He believed that, you know, he'd been blessed by God. And it was his duty to share those blessings. But the second was... He did it because he could. He was successful. And that's what inspired me. I wanted to be like him. I wanted to be successful. I wanted to help people. And he passed the torch of caring for human beings to me. He used to always tell me, Nikki, life is not about money. It's about people. Mm -hmm. Business is not about money. It's about people. And I would just go, what do you mean, dad? Business is money. People like give money. He goes, yeah, yeah. But listen, son, people come to a business because they have a problem they want to solve. And when you solve those problems, then you make a profit. And dad always told me that person in front of you, that's someone's wife, that's someone's sister, that's someone's daughter, that's someone's husband, that's someone's mm -hmm. brother, that's someone's father. That's a hero to somebody. That's somebody who maybe has been disappointed by somebody just like you, who like made them big promises and didn't deliver. Right. And they've lost faith. And it's your job to restore that faith. And me, I think every human being on this planet looks for somebody to believe in them. Mm -hmm. They want somebody to say, hey, you got it. You're great. You're awesome. And my dad was that man for so many people. And that's what I seek to do in my business. I know a lot. You know, I've, I've got a master's degree from an Ivy League school. I, I, I you know, read 4,000 books. I know a lot. I got methodologies, programs, et cetera. But if you ask me, Nikki, what about yourself are you most proud of? How much I care about my fellow man, how much I love them, how much I believe in them, how much I pour my heart and soul into making sure they win. Standing next to somebody until that greatness within them gets sparked and turns into a roaring fire, that's the thing that makes me more excited about what I do and how I do it. 
Well, Nikki, that is impressive because it seems like it started with your dad. First, I have foremost, I have to say your dad sounded like sounds like a pretty impressive guy, stand-up guy, always looking out for others and just really having the best interest of others first and wanting to see them succeed. And it's passed on to you. And um, we see that in the work that you've done and the people that you've worked with. And you touched on freedom, freedom in business, freedom in life. And that resonated with me so much because that's one of the reasons I ventured into entrepreneurship is because I wanted that freedom to make my own rules. <laughs> you know? Yes. And, yes. And it's it's such a powerful force, this freedom that drives us all. Can you share your thoughts on why it's so important and why free enterprise really matters? Look, without freedom, you can't have business. Like you look at all these countries that are not free. You got a bunch of people at the top who make deals with their cronies in government and pay them. That's how they make money. And nobody else, there's no middle class. There's no opportunity for upward mobility. You come to countries like the United States and Canada and the UK and there's upward mobility. People have an opportunity to go after their dreams. And that's because there's freedom. There's a freedom to go out there and choose the path you want to take. And that's what free enterprise is. It's the freedom to trade with people. These socialists, they go, oh, no, no, these greedy capitalists. I go, listen, the greedy people are greedy socialists at the top of these socialist structures. The capitalists are the regular people that are trying to go out there and come up with a new idea and make it come alive. Right. And, and that's a beautiful thing. It is indeed a beautiful thing because otherwise it'll just be a boring world. We'll all be doing the same things. <laughs> nothing new, nothing innovative. It'll be pretty dry, right? So we um, we know that part of business involves marketing and there are not so honest marketers out there. You have a term of um, what you call a charlatan marketer. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Can you tell us first, what is a charlatan marketer and how can our listeners avoid falling into their trap while trying to grow their business? You know, that's a great question. So a charlatan marketer is somebody who's really good at selling the sizzle, hmm. but there's no stake there. You know what I mean? There's wow. no mistake. Okay. You bite, you bite into that, that sizzle and you see, oh my God, my lips just burned. Where's the steak? There's just <laughs> some hot oil here, right? That's a person who knows how to hit somebody's pain points, knows how to get them emotionally hooked, mm-hmm. is not afraid to ask them for business, but they don't care whether they deliver or not. And wow. there's a lot of good people out there that go into business and they want to make a difference. Yet they're scared because they don't want to be seen as pushy or salesy or reeking of commission breath. So they don't go after business they should go after because they're afraid of all those things. So what happens is that some charlatan marketer comes in and scoops up the business. So what happens? First of all, the client gets hurt because they don't get their outcome. Right. Secondly, you get hurt because you don't get business you could have gotten and should have gotten and you could use. Right. And then thirdly, even the charlatan marketer gets hurt because what goes around comes around and the good Lord will not let them not pay a price at some point for this. So what I tell people is you really need to understand a, a little something here. The most important thing you need to understand is don't be afraid to go after business. And a lot of my clients go, well, no, I don't want to be a salesperson. I don't want to be pushing. I'm like, okay. How do I help these people? And what I came up with is let's reframe it from selling to serving. Mm. 
Nobody wants to be sold. You don't want to be sold. I don't want to be sold. Right. But don't you love being served by a caring human being? Definitely. You ever been in one of those stores where someone's jumped all over you? Can I help you? Can I help you? Can I help you? And you go, no, no. It's, it's annoying. Just, it's like, leave me alone. It's annoying, right? <laughs> and then there's other stores you go into to say, hey, listen, I get that you're here because you want to do what you need to do. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to bother you. But I just want you to know if you do need any help, I'm right here. Come get me. Mm-hmm. And then I leave that person. You just go, oh, that felt so nice. And then when you see something you like, yeah, can, can, can I? And then they go, sure, sure. What do you need? Blah, blah, blah. And then they, all they care about is you and what you want. And they go out of their way to share their love and their heart with you. And when they do that, you go, oh, my God. I got to leave this person a tip. I know you're not allowed to leave tips at clothing stores, but I want to leave this person a tip. <laughs> That's how good they were. And then you, you, you go to the manager and you go, hey, give this person a raise. They're amazing. You're lucky you got this person working for you. And when I show entrepreneurs how to have a service mentality, they don't think of selling anymore. They think of serving. Mm. They think of serving. And you know, Nikki, that's a, a great way to think of it because I know that pharmacists who are venturing into things like nutrigenomics, things that are not traditional for pharmacists, where they have to sell their services, their what they're offering, it's not a comfortable place for them to be. Like we're a lot of us are not trained in sales. We're not trained in marketing. We're trained in a lot of things related to science and medicine, right? So this sales is marketing and sales is so new to us. And we're afraid of feeling like we're being pushy. We're afraid of, you know, using the sales jargon that are coming across too salesy and sleazy. So just presenting the service, we're coming from a place of service and helping others. I like that. That puts a completely different perspective on it. And it makes it less stressful, less scary, and more presentable. Yeah. And I got to tell you something. The clients that we've shown how to do this, they've doubled and tripled and quadrupled their income. Wow. Just from no longer thinking of it as selling and thinking of it as I'm serving people. Nothing else changed. Nothing. No new tactics, no new strategies, no new offers. Just that. Yeah. I mean, now when you add the new tactics, the new strategies, the new offers, it just goes up from there exponentially speaking. Awesome. So I'm going to ask you a little bit about those services. And I have one more question because you talked about comfort a little bit. Like, and there's this comfort zone that can actually be a roadblock for us. Pharmacists, we're comfortable being pharmacists. <laughs> Stepping out into doing something different from what we were taught in school or incorporating a new approach is a little bit scary as well. But comfort zones are roadblocks because it prevents us, it inhibits our freedom ultimately. So I love to know how you encourage folks to jump out of their comfort zone and what advice you can give to add that extra, let's say 20,000 or 100,000 to incomes as entrepreneurs. That's a fantastic question. So number one is you can't try to sound like everybody else. Mm. Like you need a way to stand out. So what is that? As a thought leader, right, you can't be trying to be all things to all people. So let me give you an example. I had a client. I'm going to call her Dr. Vicky. 
She was a doctor of naturopathic medicine. I actually did the, the nutrigenomics kind of test with her. So I got the whole profile and the booklet and all that mm-hmm. jazz. When she first came to us, she had a heck of a story. Her father was dying of brain cancer and he was a successful entrepreneur. And Dr. Vicky, she wanted, she wanted to honor him. So he passed on a few months later and she wanted mm-hmm. to honor his memory by becoming you know, her father's daughter, successful in her own right. And when she came to us, she said, okay, help me. And I said, all right, who do you help? She says, well, when it comes to health and fitness and well-being, I can help anybody with anything. I'm like, really? Interesting. Mm-hmm. How's that working for you? She says, well, you know, I'm making about 100000 a year or so, 120000 But I want to be making a million. So, you know, I need help. Okay, you need help. Great. And I said to her, you can't be all things to all people. So I walked her through an exercise. Imagine a Venn diagram. Okay. The top left circle was enjoy the most. Top right circle was best results. And the bottom circle was easiest to work with and Mm -hmm. transact with. So the first one was a client she enjoyed working with the most. So we made a list of who those were and what the characteristics were. The second circle was the clients she got the best results for. So we made a list of who those were and what the characteristics were. And the bottom one was the clients that were easy to transact with. Like, I mean, they paid in full. They, no fuss, no must. They referred all that. So where all three of those met was her ideal client. A little thing we created, this Venn diagram. Kind of proud of it. It's a pretty cool thing. <laughs> right? So... We figured out her ideal client was a professional married woman over the age of 45, Mm -hmm. successful at work, successful in her marriage and in her family. Mm -hmm. So this is a woman who's got it going on, at least seemingly. But there was one thing that these women felt was lacking in their lives. They felt like they were no longer beautiful, desirable, and sexy. Of course, no woman cares about those things, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> who cares? Oh. So, yeah, who cares? Right. So, what she said to us was, "I've helped hundreds of women like this feel beautiful, desirable, and sexy." She said to me that getting older is inevitable, but aging isn't. Interesting. And the message that we helped her put together for these women was. Get your sexy back. That was kind of the name of it. Get your sexy back. Right. So I want you to know that she very quickly tenfolded the number of clients she was seeing. Wow. Very quickly. So within three years, she went from 100,000 a year to over 100,000 a month. That's awesome. That is the power of narrowing your focus and going after a group of people rather than everybody. Right. So, I mean, that's interesting because I hear mixed information. Some people say niche down, others say don't niche down and then identifying your niche. Yeah, especially coming from a health field. That was something I had difficulty doing is identifying my niche, which I eventually did because I was like, oh, well, I can help everybody, anyone who needs it, just like Dr. Victoria. But um, some people say, oh, you don't need to niche down because your service is awesome. It can help everybody. And then there are those that have niches, but how you mentioned the Venn diagram. Is there any other way or tips that you can provide for an audience on 
how they can identify their unique niche and position, actually position themselves as the leading authority in that niche? Well, first of all, look at your past clients. Like I said, the Venn Mm -hmm. diagram, the clients you've enjoyed working with the most, who are the clients you've got the best results for, who are the clients that are easiest to transact with. And look at where that intersects and how many clients fit into that ideal client zone. That's the first place to start. As far as positioning yourself is concerned, that's a very good question. And I'll go back to Dr. Becky again, Dr. Mm -hmm. Victoria. There's a problem so many people in the industry have where they undervalue their service. So let me give you an example. Let's imagine that I'm a relationship coach. Let's imagine I work with successful professional women who are looking for that love of their lives to just make their whole life complete. Mm -hmm. Let's just say I've got a track record of being able to help these women attract that man. And let's say, let's say that was you, you were like, like saying to me, okay, Nikki, this is great, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to bringing that awesome dude into my life. I'm ready to roll. Let's get started. Yes. Get me that man. Get me that man, right? Yeah. And you go, okay, so what's the investment? And I said, 50 bucks. You'd go, what? Mm -hmm. 50 bucks? What's this guy talking about? And you wouldn't take me seriously. You go, $50? Man, finding the love of my life is worth a heck of a lot more than $50 to me. And this guy's probably not serious. He's a joker. Now, if I said to you instead, $50,000, you might go, oh, my God, that's a lot of money. But instantly, the figure would give you confidence in my ability and my authority. Right. With me? Right. How many people in our industry undervalued themselves? And mm-hmm. undervaluing yourself is a problem for you because you don't make the money you should make. Right. But it's a problem for your client because your client loses confidence in the value of the solution. And they won't do what they need to do to get the result. Now, I don't think you should overcharge and gouge people, but I think you should always charge based on the value that the client's going to get. You're right. And and they do put more effort into, <laughs> into something that they actually valued and put some of um, their worth and finances into as well. They, I've noticed that with when I run beta programs versus when I run my full program at full price, the clients in the full program, they're actually go-getters and sticking with it more so than those who paid a lower price in the beta group. So that is definitely interesting perspective. I never thought about it from their side. I, I always thought about it from my side as I'm not going to undervalue myself. But never seeing that from the client side as well, they are undervaluing themselves depending on what price you're putting them at. You're help, you're part of that, you know, helping them undervalue themselves. And we don't want to do that. There's definitely value in the services we offer. Yeah, I never thought about it that way from that from their end as well. So this makes me think about how the economy is right now. Things are expensive, prices are going up and higher. And how do you think the economy affects people's choices in valuing themselves when it comes to joining programs and services that they need? It's interesting that there's no question there's an economic climate out there and the economic climate has got inflation and whatnot going. But for people that are in business and entrepreneurs, there's always a way to win. The facts don't count if you're committed. 
That's mm. a phrase from one of my mentors, Mark von Muser. Mm. Facts don't count when you're committed. Yeah, the economy sucks, no mm. question. But this can still be the single greatest year of your life. This can be the year you make a million dollars. This can be the year you make $10 million if you're committed. You know, there's four qualities and characteristics to the people I work with who win in life. One is they're decisive and committed, right? They're like decisive. They're like, I'm in it to win it. There's no tire kicking involved. And they're ready to be bad before they're good. They're committed. They're going to do what it takes until they win. Right. They're coachable. Number two, they're coachable. They take the coaching. Number three, they believe in investing in themselves. They invest in themselves. Who's the most important asset in your business? You. You. And number four, they're resourceful. They will invest in themselves. They will spend the time and the energy to win. If you're not those four things, you won't win and you don't deserve to win. Mm -hmm. But if you are those four things... Look, I had a client who the month of October made $50,000 from a standing start. Wow. How's that possible? Well, it's possible because he wants it. He's coachable. He's decisive. He's committed. He's got a man who cares about him and me on his side. And I give him the greatest tactics and strategies along with all the love and belief and caring that I can muster. That's how this guy wins. Yes, I'm being coachable and committed. Decisive, committed, coachable willing to invest in themselves and resourceful. Resourceful. Wow. Those are great key points (laughs) that we need as entrepreneurs indeed, because we can't give up. It's not easy. It's not an easy road. And we do have to put our all in it and stay persistent. Now, going back to the niche, tell me why. Why is it important to niche? Why can't we just be broad? Why can't we just be for everybody? Because if you're for everybody, nobody knows why they should buy from you. I mean, there's only one Walmart. <laughs> you know what I mean? But they have uh, everything. <laughs> they do, but you, you're not Walmart. Right. You're an individual, right? Mm-hmm. And if you want to become Walmart, you need a few billion dollars to get that going for yourself, right? Right. If you're an individual, you need to stand out. You're not going to stand out if you're trying to be all things to all people. Right. And I think it goes back to also making them feel special. Like this is for them. You're speaking to them. It's nobody else. It's it's me. And that's why I love that you work with your clients to narrow down their niche. Who's their ideal client? Because when you can identify that client, then you know what their pain points are. You know what their needs are. And you can start speaking to them. And when they hear you speak, when they see your message, they know it's it's for them and nobody else. The beauty of niche and down. (laughs) Now, um, you have a thought leader, heart leader designation that sparked my curiosity. I'm sure my listeners hear about it. It will spark theirs as well. Now, how can we weave this into our professional identity and make it converted into a magnet that actually pulls in our ideal clients? We've been talking about that, I think, throughout the whole interview, but let's bring it together. Yes. We're living in a time where people are freaked out, let's be honest. We had lockdowns. We've been experiencing inflation. There's a war in Europe. There's a war in the Middle East. The economy's not doing great. People are 
freaked out. They're scared. And life goes on and they have problems and they want to solve them. They want their lives to be better. But they can only do that if they have a good, caring human being to guide them. And you can be that person. I can land the plane of this interview with one last powerful story. Let me hear it. Let us hear it. So nearly six years ago, I was introduced to a woman. I'm going to call her Julie. Julie was the country director for Canada, for one of the world's oldest, largest, and most respected personal development companies. Julie was a rock star, yet she decided to bring a man in to help her run the company. Kind of like Steve Jobs back in the day with Apple when he brought in John Scully. Mm-hmm. And just like Steve and John, at first, everything was great. But after a little while, their vision of the future diverged. There was a board of directors involved. She got fired from her own company. Wow. Just like Steve Jobs back in the day with Apple, got fired from Apple. You go, how do you get fired from a company? You start. Well, with the board of directors, it can happen. And she was bereft and lost, just like Steve Jobs, for 18 months. She was introduced to me, and um, I could see this as a good human being. I work with my better half, Teresa. We both kind of loved on her. We helped her narrow her niche. We helped her come up with her ideal target market. We sent her out there to go out and get clients. And she did well in her first month. She did 10,000. In her second month, she did 12,000. In her third month, she did 18,000. In her fourth month, she did $62,200. So she lives in Ottawa. I live in Toronto. It's a five-hour drive. I was actually just in Ottawa with my son, same son. He had a tournament that weekend almost five and a half years ago. And I called her up and I said, hey, we're coming to Ottawa for this tournament. How would you and your son come and like to meet me and my son? She had a son his age. He was 12 at the time. He's almost 18 now. So she said, sure. We did it. Everybody came. Son's team won, which is great. And then I drove back home. Few weeks later, we had one of our quarterly branded thought leader immersion workshops. And um, during that uh, immersion workshop, we talk about how we can really help people get to the next level. And there's a part where I do my enrollment for the next program to help them to the next level. Mm-hmm. The way I do it is I ask people that are already in the program to share their thoughts why they did it, why they think other people should do it. It's very effective, very powerful. So I got to that part and I said, who would like to share? Normally people put up their hand, but not this time. Julie runs up on stage, almost knocks me over. She's a tiny little thing, you know, and I'm like, okay, I guess you really want to share. So I, I recede into the background on stage and she's standing at the front of the stage. I'm standing behind her. So I, I can see the back of her, right? And she's not saying anything for a moment. And then I start to see her shoulders go like this. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what's going on? And then I hear a sob. And I'm like, Aww. oh, my God, is she crying? And I'm like, why is she crying? What's going on? You know, like any man faced with a crying woman, we just don't <laughs> deal with it really well, right? Right. <laughs> so, but I'm, I look calm. I'm not calm inside. But my lady, Teresa, walks up to her with a box of tissues. She gratefully grabs a couple and blows her nose loudly and 
then she turns around to me and in between the sobs and the tears, she goes, Nikki, you didn't know this, but when you, you and your little son came to visit me and my little son in Ottawa, my son said, mommy, mommy, who are we going to go meet? You know how little boys get, right? Right. All excited, 12 years old. And she's like, oh, sweetheart, we're going to meet Nikki Baloo and his son. And she said, all of a sudden, my sweet boy became very quiet. It's unusual. And said, oh, mommy, the man who saved our family. Aww. Now, I got to tell you, I am an old school Persian man. No snowflakes live here. You know what I'm talking about? And I don't cry in public. And that day, I cried in public. Mm. I cried like a little baby. October, she hugged me. Everyone went, oh. And then she keeps talking while she's hugging me and holding me. And she said, when we first met, I didn't tell you this, but the bank was about to foreclose on our home. We hadn't paid our mortgage in months. And my husband and I were fighting over money in front of our kids. And our kids were scared that we were going to break up. I was scared we were going to break up mm. over money. And then she said, but you helped us solve our money problem. I paid off the mortgage and you literally saved our family. And I'm like sitting there going, oh man. So first of all, what you got to get is normally people like register or not after that. We hand out the paper and we say, who'd like to? Every single person in the room registered. There were eight of them. This is a big high ticket offer. Wow. It's an investment, right? I don't think anybody even really looked at the price. We told them the price and all that stuff, but they just think, yeah, yeah, here you go. We're in. It wasn't because of me. I, you know, I did not do a great sales speech, <laughs> right? <laughs> it was because a 12 year old little boy spoke from his heart. And if you really want to know what you need to do to live a life of your dreams and make those dreams come alive, if you really want to know who you need to be, you need to be somebody who cares enough about another human being that you're willing to stand shoulder to shoulder with them and pour love and belief into them until that love and belief sparks their own belief in themselves and they're able to take it on on their own. That's your job as far as I'm concerned. So helping them help them believe believe themselves. Drop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is an amazing story, especially to have, you know, for a 10-year-old or a 12-year-old boy to see the impact that you were able to have on his family and save his family. That is very touching. So not only are you helping people make millions, but you're saving families as well. And because you are coming from that place of service and truly caring for others. Thank you for sharing those stories. Well, you've shared so much with us that our listeners and fellow entrepreneurs can learn from and put into play. And I will definitely leave your information for them to reach out to you. Is there anything else you want to say to our listeners before we conclude? Uh, keep your dream alive. Surround yourself with people that you love and care for and are willing to fight for. And make sure that you have people around you that are willing to help you and fight for your dreams. Well, that's all I have for you today, friends. What an insightful and truly inspiring chat we just had with the one and only Nikki Ballou. You have the potential to ignite change, inspire growth, and shape others' lives in ways that words alone can't express. It's all about being genuine, true to yourself, 
and embrace in vulnerability while simultaneously staying resilient and driven. If any part of this conversation interested or resonated with you, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Your five-star review and comments can guide others on a similar journey. Subscribe, rate, and download this episode to ensure you're always in the loop. Now, coming up next week on the show, we're focusing on the kiddos with Dr. Sheila Carroll as we dive into what really matters to your kids' health. Yes, we have food, sleep, movement, and stress management. Nutrigenomics can help us guide their health journey, but how can parents apply what they learn when it comes to health for their kids? So tune in next Friday to find out. Until then, always remember, in your journey as a healthcare professional, always raise a script on health because together we can bring healthcare to higher levels.